0: So all the glory to God, we appreciate everybody again uh, being with us and hallelujah. So Father, we worship you, We've, we really pre- appreciate your presence and the joy of the Lord which is our strength and that's not a made up superficial joy but a presence on the inside of us that is growing in peace and grace. And so, Father, we love you. We ask you to help us because we count not ourselves to have arrived, but we do pray that the grace of God will be upon us for the delivery of this and even the spiritual aspects that you have that will go forth in this, not just doctrine, but it will be felt doctrine. It will be, it'll be felt down in the Spirit. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So why don't you turn with me to Galatians chapter two? We'll just be there for just a moment. that we're going to labor out of there. <clears throat> but I want to read A portion of Scripture, chapter two, verse 20. <clears throat> I'm laughing. Because I'm gonna read a verse, and my wife's gonna say, "Really?" Because <laughs> she overheard me singing. After, you know, this morning as we were getting ready, I remember an old song, and I was doing it to be funny. I think <laughs> she's rolling her eyes up. And It was like, "Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way." <laughs> I just can't wait to look in the mirror. I get better looking each day <laughs> to know me is to love me. I must be some I won't use that word kind of man <laughs> uh, Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh Lord, it's hard to be humble, but I'm doing the best that I can <laughs> And she goes You've been looking at yourself in the mirror again, haven't you? <laughs> candy, candy, candy. So what contradiction to this song here let's look at what paul said of himself now this is the trek this is the road of the revivalist this is where we really are asking god to help us to come to paul said of himself in verse 20 i am crucified with christ that was his present ongoing continuing it wasn't just a one time but it was a continuous place where paul himself put his body soul and emotions under a place of continual crucifixion with christ nevertheless i live he said it's i that's living in this body yet not i boy if ever there was a paradoxical type verse you can't understand this verse unless you enter into it. unless you're part and partisan to it unless you kind of begin to move in that direction you can't understand what he's saying he's saying it's paul but it's really not paul it's still paul's personality you you know god doesn't want us to become zombies he doesn't want all of us to become like he wants us to become like jesus but he made you you so he could enjoy you so he wants to come in and he wants to change the parts of not you as in personality and all the things that god as a father could enjoy i love amber i love davy i love all our grandkids and every single one of them i love them the same but they're all different every one of them has a different personality and god wants to enjoy you your person the person that you are but he also wants to turn that person into all of everything that jesus is to him as an obedient son as a total yielded son so paul said this i live it's paul but not i it's not really me why is it not really you paul but it's christ that liveth in me and the life which i now live in the flesh that's this body i live by the faith of the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me in other words he wants to come in And he wants to bring all ambition, he doesn't want to destroy ambition, he wants to bring all ambition underneath his lordship. And if there's any ambition there that doesn't match up with his lordship, he wants to kill it all the way down to nothingness. All aspiration, all goals, all self-will, all all, uh, ambitious things that might not be, all opinions... Well, I'm very opinionated, Pastor. Well, you're gonna you're probably got a lot of dying to do. A lot of dying to do. Because you're gonna come to a place really, if God's gonna use you, that you're going to have to lay down your opinions and get very humbled to say, I don't know anything except what the word teaches me. Except what Jesus teaches through me, and what the life of the new nature teaches through me. I was in a place I I never will forget Pastor Dave. All the things that he taught me, and he taught all of us. And uh, this was a place. He usually we would they, when Dave would come here, we would pick him up at the airport on a maybe a Friday or Saturday. A lot of times on a Friday, he'd get here on a Friday, and he'd have somebody with him. Later, when they really got to know me really good, and Tim felt real comfortable. Uh, he knew I would chaperone him. He knew I'd take care of him, and he knew that uh, I would make sure that Dave was uh, well taken care of and chaperoned at all times. Um, But a lot of times in the beginning, someone would come with him, and this year, that year, uh, Dave would come, and he would start on a Sunday. He would go Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then he'd take off monday morning but usually about tuesday we'd have you know meetings tuesday morning we'd have tuesday wednesday maybe thursday and the ladies would come and whoever could get off work would come <clears throat> so this year that year <clears throat> bill his son uh came we we called him bull his next, his nickname was bull and man he was he was he was built like a tank way way bigger than myself and bull came with him and i loved him me and bull got along real good and uh bull came with him well bull loved um he loved crab legs those big king crab legs and somebody knew it and so we got together i think it was on a saturday night and it was at a another place not ours but it was a on a house over here off a new market much bigger house than ours and there was there was a lot more people coming to the church here even then. So we had a packed house church. I mean, house that night. <clears throat> and our objective was we were going to feed bull as many of those crab legs. Now these weren't crab legs that you could just buy at a supermarket. Somebody went and got these like right out of the seafood place. I mean, these were the monster big ones. And uh, we were going to feed him enough crab legs that we just completely got him where he couldn't eat another one because we we wanted to feed him. Well, we were doing that, and somebody cooked all those crab legs, and the house was full of people, and um, Dave was sitting at the table there. Well, you know, Dave was enjoying, but Dave was the kind where he would enjoy something with you, but uh, he'd slip into the spirit as quick as he would in the natural. You know, most all of us, uh, we really will, it'll take us sometimes a, a while in prayer to slip over in there, or we're we're trying to stay in the spirit at church but usually when we get in the natural we're really in the natural you know if you're if you're bowling you're usually you're you're not apt to just turn around and walk over and heal somebody next to you or to do this or to do that uh Dave was that kind he never was he never was a split second away from staying in the spirit you could get him to laugh at something natural but he had just in the next two minutes he'd be over in the spirit so that's where i want to go hallelujah Said, so, well that's real strange it'll be real strange when you start watching all the miracles that you you're able to perform and you'll say well uh i traded being a jokester for being uh, somebody that could just walk in the spirit and and at a drop of a hat get somebody healed so we were watching Bill, and we were trying to fill him up. We did fill him up. I think he got a little sick that night. He might have had to. <laughs> so Dave's laughing, and, and at that time, Homer was there and, and another guy that was really involved in this church at the time. And you got those two guys together. It was nonstop laughing. Those guys, absolutely. And they had Dave laughing. Uh, it was just antics like we were having a good time. Right in the middle of the good time, Dave says to me, he goes, you thought you were going to get a promotion by all this, something like this, he said, by being called to revival. I'm listening. He goes, you thought it was a promotion, didn't you? He said what he's come for. He wasn't talking about Satan. He was talking about Jesus. He had just an uncanny way of just cutting the chase. in a real loving way. He said, Bronchi's come to kill you. He said, that's all, just simple. Just got to understand, Jesus has come to kill you. I said, well, thank you so much. <laughs> really, that, well, that just made the evening. It's just What he was talking about before it's over with, if you're going to be qualified for revival, all of everything that you are, is going to have to pass through the fire. You can't have one ambition that's outside of his. You can't live where you want to. You can't do what you want to. You can't have the job you want to. You can't have the goal you want to. Every goal, every ambition, everything that's just the life of a revivalist, but is it worth it? Oh my God, you'll never your life will never be as enriched as walking in the fullness. Of everything to see, again, this is not a general populous message. I'm sorry if you've just come in and you're sitting down in one of these nice homes and you're like, they invited me here today and I don't know, I hope that before it's over where the anointing of something that maybe you don't even understand touches you so strong that you're healed in your body or something in your spirit tells you that it's all going to be all right and hope is added to your life. But this is what Paul was saying here. It is Christ. It's me, but it's not me because all of me has died. And I'm transitioning my identification to not I. I, I can't do. I can't say. I can't be. I can't even talk. My own talk. Everything. And Dave said, Bronco, you thought it was a promotion, didn't you? Yes, yeah, sir. And he was laughing. He, wasn't, he didn't get serious. He was laughing. ha, ha. I said, (laughs) he said, oh, he just, just, it's just, it's real simple, Bronk. He wants to kill you. Now, not the kill like the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's a different kind of kill. He wants to kill all of everything that made you Mr. Opinionated, Mr. Exaggerated, Mr. I've got to have it my way, Mr. Attitude. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because one of the things that he's going to do is, before it's all over with you, he used to say this, David would say this, to get, he said, you can count on one hand those who have ever made it all the way in to what we're asking God for. And then probably have some fingers left over. He said, the only thing you have to do, there's, it's not. it's a simple equation, it doesn't have a lot of equations with it it's not real extended algebra or trig it's real simple all you got to do is just get past the very best that satan can pour against you and then on the other side of that is the outpouring in other words what stops everybody else well what stops everybody else is not satan it's the strength of the flesh that's still left in them that's a handle in their life by which he can turn and get things done if he stops you. Well, he's, Pastor, I'm getting back into prayer. I'm finally, get, finally getting back to church and finally getting back to prayer. Satan took me out for a while. I love, the, I love what Pastor Dave used to say. He said, no, he didn't take you out. He didn't take you out of prayer. Yes, he did. I, I mean, he came and he took me out of prayer, and then I got back into prayer. I mean, he busy. He, I got busy, and Satan was the one that was behind making me busy and all that. And he, David would say, "No, no, no, no." He'd say, "Wait, wait a minute. Now, if he took you out, if he had the power to take you out, how'd you get back in? Because if he could take you out, he could hold you out." He said that you he didn't take you out you took your own self out the weakness is still imposed by your flesh gave him permission to manipulate your life to make every day an excuse of why you couldn't do what he was asking you to do so he never has the power to never has the power to stop you so our whole process is this i got to go there he's here The Word is more than enough to take me past Him. But what He's going to use, He cannot defeat the Word. All that He can possibly defeat is what's left over the residue of what the born again did not sweep out at the beginning. And if you don't think you can't grow, you're sadly mistaken. All those fruits of the Spirit are everything inside of you that must from day one begin to grow. From the very beginning. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, there's places that I could go, but I'm listening priority. Okay. Yes, sir. So I keep listening and watching so I can see. Not only do I hear nowadays more, but I see more days more. So... Uh, let me do this. Harry, I saw you standing right here, so you stand up here. So I'm going to use and you can face them. I'm going to use Harry because he isn't he good looking and he's such a good guy. He really is. So I can use a really good guy because you won't think that any of the things that I'm saying is an Im- implication that this is his the reality. So all Harry as Harry's got an Harry's got a call. Now I'm going to use him as a uh, an example but he does have a call but he's got a call for revival he's got a call to be used and he's got a desire to walk in the gifts of the spirit and beyond an innate resident anointing inside of him that we predominantly called we call revival everybody's getting this okay in other words he has that inside of him But between him and that great outpouring of where God can do everything that he possibly wants is just this one simple thing is that Harry has to totally die. He has to totally empty himself. Can he do it of himself? No way possible. There's only one way to get there, and that's in his presence to spend the time in his presence. And I can tell you, you can, you can skirt this all you want. And you're, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to sit down. I wish I could sit down and say this. Bronk, Pastor Bronk, you can skirt this all you want. Now I'm doing some of it, but here's the deal. You can skirt this all you want. There's no way to get to that place except through prayer and fasting. You can't, You can't word this enough. You can, in other words, you can't spend enough word in the word to get around fasting to get to this place. You can't. There's no way possible. Because Jesus said, my disciples will fast. Okay? So you can't. So to get to that place, I'm bringing this up because it's telling me this is one of your best friends to get to that place. In, wor- in other words, to say... What Paul said concerning Galatians 2.20, one of your best friends to get you there, one of the best vehicles to get you there, is not only prayer, but also fasting. Because fasting will keep that flesh. It will crucify that flesh on a continual daily basis. Well, Dave used to say this. This is a Davism day. I didn't realize so many Davisms would come. Dave used to say this. Not only you'd have to get past His very best. But the the Lord uh, was going to, and I had that for a moment. He'll take me back to it. He'll take me back to it. But to get to that place, that place, nothing can remain inside of you. This is what he's saying. took me back you'd say two things happen and always it's said you can just track it with Jesus or you can you can watch this is always the same it's always the same Jesus comes and then satan comes in other words harry may have done something really wonderful he just keeps seeking god and god comes so there's a lady on the front row and uh she's an imaginary lady but harry raises her up because she's crippled she's in a wheelchair and jesus did that through harry because harry was uh seeking him enough at the time that jesus was able to funnel enough authority through him to get that lady up but this is what Dave would say he'd say, "When he comes, Christ, then there are another visitors coming after that you 're going to have one and then you're going to have two. And I like the one I really could do without the two because <laughs> he said, after any time you 've ever been used or you move in to God, where he works the works through you, then uh Another one is coming. And see, Jesus can't stop this one from coming because it's your authority that you've got to defeat Him with. He can't stand up and say, no, you can't touch Him. No, He's got to come mano-mano. Mono. He's got to come and look you down. Who are you talking about? Your adversary. So what He'll do after Harry raised up sister so-and-so or any kind of wonderful work that took place in Harry's life, then another one that's coming... Now, see, Jesus, right before the cross, he said, told his disciples this. And I'm paraphrasing. That's in that 13 through 17 John Last Supper. And he said, The wicked one of this world is coming, meaning right present tense in these hours. But he has nothing in me. There's nothing in me. In other words, if anything had been a residue left over in Jesus' flesh, then he would have stopped him with that. If Jesus had any self-preservation inside of him, any kind of lust of any sort, anything of undealt with flesh, he'd have stopped him from going to the cross. But he made this announcement, not not with an ego, but he just said, I'm clean. There's nothing inside of me. I'm totally dead. I've lived my life totally dead to the Father. Now, Harry's a good guy, lives his life clean, was able to move, repents when he needs to repent. But he just, some, he had a real powerful experience. God really used him. So the next thing is, coming in from stage right for you, he, Harry can't see him. This is a few days later, a week later. This is where somebody's excited. Man, I just was used to God. I just used to God. God. And this guy here, he's a He's looking him up from head to toe. Not physically, but spiritually. He's watching his words. He can't necessarily read his thoughts, but Look at this guy. Let me see. I'm going to watch him for the next several days see what he's uh, what he's made out of let's see looks so gay until he says anything now he may let's start with a few handles he could have but he he probably doesn't like uh you like the looks of her you like her yeah that would be okay present tense <laughs> the only thing is she belongs to somebody else <laughs> Harry deals with it. He had enough of uh, going under the blood back and forth that it wasn't a stronghold like that he thought on it all the time. But if you're going to be used in this, gas, 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 emotion, emotion. Is there anything, is there just a flicker of a flame in there, just a little bit of something that hadn't been being dealt with? (laughs) And if there's no, if there's just a flicker, that'll live strong inside of him. Well, let's move on to other stuff. Let's say you're mortified from that. What about this, mister? You stay there. <laughs> Would you like to put your hands in this? Yeah. <laughs> ah, smell it. Ah, it's power. It's success. I know you're, you give and you're humble. and. Look at all that green. I said, look at the green. <laughs> I can't hardly pick up anything, but let's see if there's anything. Gas is expensive. I hate to do this. <laughs> if, not, if it's not all purged, it'll come out. Whew. Let's go on to other stuff. Those are sins of the flesh. Let's go to internal stuff. Harry got sister Susie Q out of the wheelchair because he had enough. But then somebody else comes. Jesus isn't gone. He's just standing there expecting Harry to die. Harry's happy about it. But then somebody else starts talking about you know, what somebody else did over in Pastor Jim's church or Gary Carpenter or Pastor Bronk or Homer or one of you ladies. And, you know, Harry, uh, he's listening to how much they're bragging on the doctrine they've heard from that preacher lately. Or the miracle that had, you know, just taken place. And it's not that he... uh, is so necessarily thankful about the miracle that took place through his hands, though, though he is, there's something inside of him that just itches, needs to be scratched. They need to know that I laid my hands on that person, and I got them, I got him healed. Well, Let's see, let's, let's take this gas of self-exaltation. Is there anything you can't... None of us can even see it. Gary said he was an engineer. He realized what the Lord was saying. He said a, com- a combustion, I won't say it exa- exactly. He said he showed him that, that vision of the fire. He said it doesn't matter if you take a can of gasoline... And throw it on a bonfire or a tiny little flicker, it still has the same combustion. In other words, it'll react the same. Even if something's almost dead, if something's thrown, well, I pride myself, I'm like 99.9. To know me is to love me. I must be some kind of a man. Let's see. We'll see what kind of man he is. Or it could get into just as strong as, uh, as subtle as if Harry can share the word, he's got a doctrine, he's got something that wows people. And when he sits down with them at the coffee table or the fellowship or whatever, he starts sharing his wow and they wow or if he's got a pulpit ministry he can share now harry knows that none of his fathers in the faith necessarily teach that but by the way they don't god doesn't tell them everything and that is true to some extent but harry knows that this thing this pet doctrine he's got doesn't necessarily line up exactly exactly with everything else. But it sure wows people. And so he's just going to teach it anyway. And let the chips fall where they may. That devil's like, "Mm mm-hmm. He may not be in left-field sound doctrine right now. But if his ego likes to be scratched. Are you okay about me picking on you all this? You're doing a good job. <laughs> can you can take it because he's dead. <laughs> so, Mr. Ego, you got your doctrine. And you like for people to go, have you heard what Harry's got? Have you listened to what Harry's got? And I know, I know Pastor Jim and, you know, Gary's got, but have you heard? man oh man it doesn't necessarily like there's something different about what he's saying but he's got a special revelation (laughs) (laughs) i've drenched you man you're done good give him a great big hand are you getting the picture Listen to this prophecy. Uh, I don't know if I'll read it all because I hate to keep my head down this long, but I, I think he wants me to. This is Bring Me Gold. You should have an icon on your phone already with the prayer center. Tap. There it is. Uh, blueprint Prophecies. Let me encourage you some, to do something. Okay, he's telling me. Let me encourage you Uh, And I'm 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 not looking at anybody this morning because I haven't been saying this much, but it's important that you. would I like what Jim is saying to to the people there, bring something to write stuff down with. You might not sit there and take notes the whole you don't I'm not asking you to do that, but you need something to write. What the Lord is telling you at times because he's going to say stuff to you in these services that are even more important than what I'm saying. I want you to leave, I want you to leave that house today wherever you're at, having been enriched. Something that you heard is a catalyst to change in your life and the glory of the Lord and the power. I'll never will forget when I was a college student in Lakeland, uh, uh, Carl Strader, Dr. Carl Strader, he was—he uh, was—he didn't teach at the college, but he was a pastor at First Assembly in in Lakeland. It was a mega church, and there were probably thousands that went there. But he always impressed me. I loved the man. He was so. What impressed me was his genuine humility. And I would watch him. It didn't matter if it was a preacher. Now listen, I don't put on a show for y'all to just. I I like to set. I should set an example. I should but it doesn't matter if an elder's sitting up, standing up here, or if it's Jim, or whoever it is, I'm sitting there ready to write something down. And Dr. Strader, he was, uh, Carl Strader, he was pastor in that huge mega church, but if a, if, a, if a college student, if he allowed him to get up and teach or preach, or whoever it was, he sat on the front row, and he took notes of everything or anything that that man would say. Amen. If God's, if, listen, an hour after these messages are over, you're going to say to somebody, oh, it was the best service ever. And then they're going to say, really, what did he teach on? I don't know, but it was so good. Oh, my God. You should be able to repeat what it was about. The Lord said this, and this is important for us to remember. And if I don't read it all, you know where it's at. It's called Bring Me Gold. It's October 13th. I can't believe that it's been going on three years now. These are part of the blueprint prophecies. Right on our face page of our website are the blueprint prophecies, PDFs and MP3s. Have not I asked you, and this is to all of us, that's to you out there watching Believe me, it's to you being a body from the very beginning to bring forth that in the earth which I've laid my hand upon you to bring forth, says the spirit of grace. And I caution you again and encourage you again. And I solicit from you again as my dear children to bring me gold tried by fire, says the spirit of grace. And I do not speak specifically of the trying of fire by testings and trials of which your faith will often be. In other words, not what the trying of fire by what Satan brings, but what the Holy Spirit begins to do in your life by prayer and fasting. I'm asking you to come and complete the purging process, says the Spirit of grace. Do not trade your gold for brass. Do not trade your gold for brass. What does that mean, Pastor? Don't trade your gold for brass. In other words, why would you take what has been? Listen, all of you that are watching, and us included, we're ruined. We're ruined. In other words, even if you got upset or whatever and left and went someplace, if you've been around this very long, you'll never be satisfied with anything else. You're ruined. It has. If you've been here six months or a year, it's messed you up. I've even talked to other people that have left and I'm in good relationship with, and they say, we like where we're going. You know, they're there for convenience. We like where we're going, but, man, it's not the word that you teach nor is the experience of power. And I'm thinking, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. You're, you, in other words, you're willing to stay miserable. You may go someplace, you may get upset with this message and go someplace and the whole time you're sitting there, you'll be, you'll be just as miserable because you'll know more than most preachers know. To trade this gold for brass is to know something, but not do it. You can sit in our midst and hear these words about praying every week and not do it, not scheduling. You got, okay, you got to schedule these fast. You know that, right? If you don't tomorrow say which day this week or which two days or three days, you're not you're not you got to schedule your fasting. You've got to schedule it like Lord lead me into it. No, no, no. The Lord doesn't lead you into fast. You lead yourself into fast. <laughs> well, he led Jesus. Yeah. And then Jesus knew from then on that he had to have a scheduled prayer prayer life, and I believe he fasted. I believe he fasted I don't he doesn't lead me into prayer on a daily basis I get up and do it because I know I'm supposed to it's just what I'm supposed to do I'm not led into prayer oh come on somebody help me out do not trade your gold for brass do not trade your gold for brass for I have not asked you for have I not asked you have I not selected you have I not cautioned you that I have not selected you above others, that you should go the way of pride and arrogance. Yet I have given you a calling that no one can achieve in the earth except through prayer and except through fasting, says the Spirit of grace. Except through going into my word and the things of depth and promise, have have I not given you a mandate from the very beginning, says the Spirit of grace. And I've gathered your hearts, and souls here as one to bring forth that mandate of prayer, says the Spirit of the Lord, go into me like never, like you never have. Determine in this year, and I would say continue always, to come that you will make this place a place of, of prayer inside of you, like you have never known. Many will grab you by the shoulder and by the arm and say, "Come, do this with me." The natural tendency will be to show the, show your love to them. And to show your allegiance to me, says the Spirit of the Lord, that you would involve yourself in this and that and the other. But I say unto you as a church, and I say unto you as elders, and I say unto you as believers, that what I've laid my hand on you for as kings and priests is to go into the prayer closet. Many will reason, and your natural mind will reason, and Satan will come and say, I've called you to the streets. And I've called you to feed the poor, and I've called you to do these things. And yes, the Lord says in me, I will bring those things to pass, but it will not be through an operation of the flesh like most of the church knows. But, it will bring, but I will bring forth in you an exact replica of my firstborn, the one who walked in front of you. Yes, he fed the poor, and yes, he brought forth ministry everywhere he went. And it was because he knew me in a private place. It was because he continued to purge himself continually and walk in a place of commitment to me, says the Spirit of grace. I'm asking you to narrow your vision like never before. I'm asking you to zero in like never before. I'm calling you, says the Spirit of grace, to become laser-focused like never before. Busyness? Busyness is not a sign. and over-busyness is not a sign unto you or a confirmation to you that great works are being done and yet there will be times where you will be very busy doing my work says the says the lord listen and hearken i have few i have very few who are willing to do this i have very few who are willing to hide themselves in a secret place and go into my word and go into my spirit and to deny their flesh the flesh will give you many opportunities to minister in my name and yet I will work work there as much as I can, but I have a very select few who will hide themselves and bring, and, and bring forth the anointing that causes a citywide and a statewide revival, says the Spirit of the Lord. So I'm asking you as kings and priests, I'm asking you to come away with me to a place that I have solicited from you from, for many, many years. I am pleased with you, says the Spirit of the Lord. I'm not disheartened with you. But I am pleased with your efforts so far, but I'm asking you not to quench the Spirit and not listening to these very words and reasoning them out in your mind and saying, that's a man speaking, that's a man speaking, but I hear from God. Listen to these things. Judge these things, says the Spirit of the Lord. Judge them by the Word. Understand this, that I've called you aside. I've called you to be particular or peculiar people Unto me, says the Lord, I've called you to walk in the spirit and deny the flesh. And yet when you pray, you'll move mountains, says the Lord. The earth has not seen people like you in many generations. I'm asking you to come away with me, my beloved. I'm asking you to come away with me, my beloved. Know me in intimacy and know me in my word like you never have known before. Let Let your world that you live in become a place of peace and quietness, I promise you by my word and by my spirit that none of you including the one speaking now and again the one speaking now have have come uh including the one speaking now have come into the place of peace and quiet like i have for you there is there is a stillness that will direct your day there's a stillness that will direct your life there's a stillness that cannot hear the offense deaf and ears cannot hear and yet you will move out of a place of authority in my spirit, continually moving mountains and moving things in your life. And yet ears are still dull of hearing for many of you presently. And many of you will hear and will think of other things and only hear this partially. But when you come to another place, you can hear it more in more depth and more depth will bring you into a greater depth, says the spirit of the Lord. I say unto you that your entire life is to be consumed in me, says the spirit of the Lord. Give unto me what brass and what silver cannot. I desire the fruit of the earth. I desire great harvest, says the Spirit of the Lord. I desire that all of you walk in the gifts of the Spirit, all the gifts of the Spirit flowing through you. I desire that Joel's army, the army of the last day, will flow together. No weak, no sickly among you is my desire, for I have chosen you as as a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people unto me. Hallelujah. Go with me to Second Corinthians, chapter four. Read something, and then I I want to read it out of the. That's First Corinthians. That won't do. <clears throat> I'll just start because it's. It just won't take much more time to read it all instead of just. Trying to figure out a verse here. Verse one says, "Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy," Second Corinthians chapter four, verse one. We faint not. In other words, we don't give up. But we've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but uh, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine in darkness, out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus christ here we go but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of god and not of us now he says this this about himself but you got to understand this becomes part of the epitaph of the of a true revivalist and again i'm sorry in a certain sense for those who are not progressed into a place where they understand that we're fighting for. But I'll tell you what, the anointing that we're fighting for for revival will spill over into the infant as well. The infant will grow expeditiously. The infant who really seeks, well, I don't understand. Listen, I'd rather sit in a place where your biblical knowledge is less, but you feel the anointing and then have somebody give you like, A, B, C, Jesus went to the cross for you and tell a really nice Funny story. Well, I understand that preacher. He just preaches the cross. I I know, but there's no power. It's dead. You can't raise a sick... You can't raise... You can't get a headache healed. We're after something that goes beyond. We're after when people sit and say, You know what? I'm not exactly sure what I heard. But I know one thing. God's in that place. The presence of God's in there. And the prophecy was that there will be babies born with teeth in this revival. In other words, the anointing is going to surpass. You'll never surpass having to be taught. But you will grow under this anointing at rates that normal Christianity doesn't grow at. For we have this treasure, verse 7, in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Now l- listen to what Paul said about himself. You'll find your place in here. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, meaning I, I don't understand this. I don't understand this. I thought this was the direction that God was going to have me go or this is not turning out like what I thought but what does he say but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken cast down but not destroyed always everybody say always always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That doesn't mean you go to the cross like he went to the cross. It means you walk with him in the same manner that he walked, that your life is a Galatians 2.20, that it's Christ in you. It's, not, it's me, but it's not me. It's Christ in me. That's who I am. I've traded, I've laid down my ambitions. Now, if, if these ambitions can live, let them live, Lord. But if not, let them die. I've, I've laid down my wants. If any of these things can be raised up and they're your wants, then so be it. But if not, let them die a quick death. Let them die a quick death. Now, this is the revivalist. So I'm not a revivalist. Wonderful. Sit over there on the bench and and watch us. And you might get some fringe benefits, but don't get in our way. Because we're headed someplace. Because what we want to do is we want to take all these little kids that there's no hope for. There's absolutely no hope for and not write a book, a, a doctoral dissertation, dissertation and say, this is uh, we want to hand this to you here, mother, here, mother. Take this home with your your little uh, mongoloid child and uh, read this. These are comfort. We want you to have comforting scriptures. Thank God for comforting scriptures. But I, I want to take the book that they wrote. Burn it. Go ahead and burn that book and say there's another book called the word of god and if a man or woman will get ambitious enough and get just bullheaded enough and say between me and that all i got to do it's a it's a simple equation it's not easy it's just simple i've got to go there where there's no handles in me and i can't get there myself but if i'll do this if i'll go into the prayer closet and if i'll fast regularly and if I'll give myself over to him, he's able because. And this is what this is what. uh, This is what Pastor Dave would say. Another Dave well, I'll hold that one for a minute because let me let me read this. Let me read this out of the. Uh, Amplified. Let's see if I can go to it and find it real quick. Hallelujah. Okay, amplified. Not now. Do you want to upgrade now? Not now. No. Okay, no, no, I don't want to. Upgrade later. Okay. Second Corinthians 4. Look at verse, or no, you're not looking at it, I'm looking at it. Paul says this, I'll just start it. I'll just start at one. Therefore, since we do hold and engage in this ministry by the mercy of God, granted us favor, benefits, opportunities, and especially salvation, we do not get discouraged. Isn't that good? Spiritless, despondent with fear. You know, the Amplified's a more... Uh, expression of the original language or become faint with weariness and exhaustion we've renounced and uh, renounced disgraceful ways secret thoughts feelings and desires and underhandedness the methods and arts that men hide through shame we refuse to deal craftily to practice trick trickery and cunning or adulterate or handle dishonestly word of god but we state the truth openly clearly and candidly and so we commend commend ourselves in the sight and presence of god to every man's conscience but even if our gospel the glad tidings also be hidden obscured and covered up through a veil that's hindered through the knowledge of god it is hidden only to those who are perishing obscured only to those who are spiritually dying and veiled only to those who are lost for the god of this world has blinded the unbelievers mind that they should not discern the truth preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of christ the messiah who is the image and likeness of god for what we preach is not ourselves but christ jesus our lord ourselves merely as your servants slaves for jesus sake for god who said let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts so as to beam forth the light for illumination for the knowledge of the majesty and glory of god as it is manifest in person and revealed and is revealed in the face of jesus christ the messiah however however we possess the precious treasure the divine light of the gospel in frail human vessel of earth that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from us. (laughs) We are hedged in, pressed on every side. I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but I'm sure that you probably have in one way or the other. In other words, it just looks like... Dave used to say uh, trouble usually comes like bananas in bunches, in bunches like bananas So Dave says here, he says, we're hedged in, or Dave, the word says here, we're hedged in and pressed on every side. Troubled, oppressed in every way, but not cramped or crushed. We suffer, he says, embarrassments and are perplexed and are unable to find a way out, but not driven by despair. Not able to find a way out What did King James say about that? He said, we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed. You know, there's times where it seems as if there's an absolute perplexing where things didn't turn out the way you thought they were going to turn out. It's not because he's led you down a path to close a door but it's just part of your necessity for something to fall off that was keeping you from seeing the fullness. In other words, we didn't think it was going to turn out this way. Had you Have you ever come to that place? Well, I know you have if you've lived long enough. <laughs> the prophets, and I sure don't want to... I don't want to demean them. I want to be really nice to them because I don't want to fall into some kind of error and by running them down. But many, and I don't know a lot, but I would watch and people would send me stuff. All the prophets I saw, not there might've been others, but all the prophets I saw had it absolutely wrong concerning 2020, what was going to take place. I watched, they, some sent me some from, there was a guy in Australia. I liked his spirit, other guys. They just prophesied one way and it just turned out totally different. And the body of Christ believed it was going to be totally different. You know, there was the return and people were confessing and and we just come to a place where we're like, I'm glad, I I, I think I had a temptation one or two times to put a thus saith the Lord on it, but I kept my mouth shut. At least I had that much. It wasn't that I wasn't tempted. But you're better off Paul said there will be places in your life you'll come to a place and say. And I mean, even after November 5th or 6th or whenever it was, they still kept prophesying. Between now and January 6th, change is going to, it's all going to. And none of that took place. In the first three months, they kept prophesying. Everybody kept, But the first one was the biggest one. It was like, wait a minute. Obviously, we missed something. And you know come on now listen all of you listening and all of you here the biggest way and the best way to grow up is to when you miss it just acknowledge that you missed it and just go on in other words don't make up another reason why that's a force that makes confusion do you understand what I'm saying Speak it just like it is and expect it to happen. Now, we're going to have a revival. And I don't care who's in the White House or who's not. That doesn't matter. I do. I would like for certain people. But it doesn't matter. Too much of it, We all of us, I think, still, you got to watch it. When you, listen, when you invite over... And you say, Pastor, would you like to come over for ribeyes? And I say, my goodness, yes. <laughs> and make sure you, it's medium rare. You cook a, uh, you cook a, if you cook a steak past medium rare, you might as well throw it to the hogs. Because you have just ruined it. It's no good no more to me. Give it to somebody else. I don't, I don't want it. Just throw it out. Or let Fido eat it or something. Because I don't need it. Uh, but if if you say, come on over, we're going to cook, or, or come on over, would you like um, ribeyes? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I sure will. <laughs> what time you want me there? I'll be there. And then I've sit down. You say, y'all, come on. See, down here we still say y'all. We say y'all. If you're from up north, you say, you skies. You guys, come on in here. But y'all, come on in here. I don't know what Homer and Rosie say. (laughs) They don't have to even call. (laughs) They eat it off the grill. (laughs) Yes, they eat it off the grill. But if I sit down and you bring a real nice paper plate and it's got a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I'm thinking you're joking. I'm saying, I... Yeah, I love peanut butter and jelly. You know, Candy fixed them for me last night. I said, "What? You? She'd have fixed me anything." I said, "I just want some peanut butter and jelly and some soup and a big old tall glass of milk, ice cold. It's got to be ice cold." Jesus drinks milk. He loves drink. Did <laughs> you put that PBJ there? And you say, uh, "I said, whoa." And you say, "Oh no, no, I didn't. I didn't mean that. I was going to serve you steak tonight." I just meant at some point in the future it was going to happen. That's how some of these prophets have been. Like, wait a minute, I got to keep figuring out when you meant it's going to take. Speak it like it is, and then if it don't happen, then just say, I repent. I I missed it. Best way for you to go on in any situation is say, I'm going to learn from this. And anybody that'll humble himself, they sure will learn they sure will he said, we're troubled on every side, and yet not distressed, we're perplexed in other words i don't I don't understand it didn't turn out like I thought. I learned as much from Dave about him sharing his failures as I did from him sharing his successes and strengths he said he taught or was shared with me he went to this one church one time and there was a prayer line and he was ministering and people were getting healed and i mean they were really getting healed and miracles were taking place and they bought brought to him this little baby and uh and it was dying. I, I don't can't remember if it was a boy or a girl. And he took it and he laid hands on it. And the power of God came. And uh, man, he was caught up in glory and presence. And uh, he gave it back to him or whatever. And said, uh, I don't know if he... I, I can't remember exactly if he said, uh, Thus saith the Lord. But he did make a pronouncement, The baby's healed. The baby's healed. Well... A day or two later, the baby died, just died. Now, that'll perplex you. So what does he do? He goes home and uh, he goes into the prayer closet and he's going to fast and set himself away until that don't happen anymore. Just like bull, just go in, bull rush it, just I'm going to stay in here. And another one of his elders that walks in the same glory was going to go in with him. And he got in a few days into the fast and the Lord said, ho, 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 didn't say it like this, but he said, stop it. You might you son, you need to come out of this fast. He said, what? You know, I'm paraphrasing now. The Lord said, you, uh, you got to understand something, son. He said, you've got to understand for the revivalist, those that are going in for these little ones, that I love you as much as I love them. You'll talk about getting the little kids out of the wheelchairs and getting doing this and that and the other. But you got to understand something. I won't sacrifice you at the expense of you trying to do something for them. In other words, you're as valuable as they are and there's no expense. I don't want you're not expendable like. And he said, here's the deal. You're not ready. You're not ready for what you're asking for. You will be ready of a life lived Of going in. But he said if you press me now. If you really really press me now. I'll come. I'll come with some of these more notable miracles. Like you're talking about. But the only thing is son. I've got to tell you. As soon as I come. And those things start. There's another one coming. Just like I showed you. And if you're not ready for him. If there's things yet. That have not yet been mortified. He'll destroy you. Just like he destroyed them. Dave said the other thing that the Lord taught him. He says, I'll never, ever, that I learned so much from him. He said, I'll never make, he was perplexed, like I, I thought the child was, I just knew the child was going to be healed, or was healed, and they died the next day. Or the, he said, I'll never make a declaration like that under the anointing, when in the anointing. Certain kinds of declarations, he said, I would reserve and not make. Why? Because when you're in the anointing, everything's so absolute. It just you feel like God. You feel like Him and everything's so absolute. Nothing is impossible. You've got to watch at that moment in time what you say, whether it is that you're standing in the stead of God and really saying what He's saying. not that god won't do those things and he does do those things but perplexities come usually because something inside of us is not yet perfected and we think god pulled the rug out when he didn't but the humble those that are humble and i know you are and i'm looking at people that i know are humble and saying lord teach me teach me and and the lord said okay here's i'm going to teach you son you're going to go in and you're going to receive this but if you press when you're not ready, you're going to have to let me take every single one of those things that are still vulnerable inside of you. Because you could take this hand and pull, these, pull down a number of fingers and find how many people. Now, I won't balk at this because every man's a man. But lust and fornication and adultery and looking at stuff—those are cheap things. Those are uh, those are those are not usually the things that take out a, a, a real revivalist. I mean, those should have gone way, 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 way back. I mean, should blow the dust off of those, really. Now you're always at any time because you're a human being. You're always subject, so you've got to watch yourself always, always. You can't never. Dave used to also, he'd tell me this, he told me this. He said, Bronk, remember this. Yes, sir. You can fall from any place. There's no place that you can ever get to that you can't fall from. In other words, you've always got to treat your flesh and the adversary very seriously. But those, whoosh, they got dust on them those won't be the ones necessarily that will take that He's after us towards the end. It's more like a lot of secret things and just self-ambition. Mainly it gets to where self-ambition. Am I really willing to lay down my life and spend the hours? Now He's not asking you, I'll close with this, He's not asking all of you, to spend the hours maybe that he's asking me, but he's asking you. And if you if you dull your ears and say, no, 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 that's a season in my life. I'm going to get to that season. No, you're, you're asked now. That season is there. And for you to say it doesn't is is to deny the truth. He's got something for every single one of us. Perplexities will come, but listen, let's close up with this. He says, but not in despair. In other words, even though I don't understand the moment, it doesn't depress me. I'm still filled with hope for the future. Revival is in front of us. Persecution, but not forsaken. I was in the Amplified, wasn't I? And I was enjoying that. We're hedged in, verse 8, pressed on every side troubled and oppressed in every way but not cramped or crushed or s- we suffer embarrassments and are perplexed and unable embarrassed i don't understand why our not understanding is simply our yet our lack of growth and we're not shamed by it god says i know you hey <laughs> hey buddy <laughs> hey little woman you may you may be 50 60 70 and he, he's He's hugging up on you and saying, I know you don't understand it. It's because you're not developed enough to understand it yet. But you will. You'll get there if you keep dying. We're pursued, persecuted, hard-driven, but not deserted to stand alone. We're struck down to the ground, but never struck out and destroyed always caring about in the body the liability and the exposure to the same putting to death that the Lord Jesus suffered so that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be f- shown forth by and in our bodies. See, this is what we're after. The more we die, it's a simple equation. The more we can die, the more life can live, be lived out of us. That's those empty wheelchairs and the St. Jude hospitals. For we who live are constantly experiencing being handed over to death for Jesus' sake. Now, you won't hear that in, 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 in a lot of churches, but this is your plight. I'm sorry. This is your prescription. You, you've re- received your marching orders as a revivalist. You're handed over to death. Thank you, Pastor Dave. Yeah, did you think this was a promotion? Do you think this was? I kind of thought it was. I thought I was being promoted in the kingdom. I thought I was being exalted. Good. Here's your exaltation. He's, he's going to come kill you. Before it's over with, there won't be any of Brock left. I mean, people will know you. You still may have some things that he'll let you have. Before it's over with, they'll look at you and say, Man, I can't hardly pick a fight with that guy. And when you first came in the kingdom, you were like, Don't, don't get around me. I'll show you who's boss. <laughs> you won't heal a sick puppy. With that kind of attitude. For we who live are constantly experiencing being handed over. To the death of, for Jesus' sake. That the resurrection life of Jesus also may be evidence. Through our flesh which is liable to death. Thus death is actively at work in us. But it is in order that our life may be actively at work in you. Yet we have the same spirit of faith as we have, as he had who wrote, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We too believe and therefore we speak. Assured that we who raised up, he who raised up the Lord Jesus will raise us up also with Jesus and bring us along with you into his presence. For all these things are taking place for your sake so that the more grace, divine favor and spiritual blessings Extends to be more and more extends to more and more people and multitudes through the many, and the more thanksgiving may increase and redound to the glory of God, therefore, we do not become discouraged, utterly spiritless, exhausted, and wearied out through fear. I want to say weirded out too. Though our outward man is progressively decaying and wasting away, yet our inward self is being progressively renewed day by day. For our light momentary affliction, this slight distress of the passing hour is is, is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory beyond all measure Excessively surpassing all comparisons and all calculations, a vast and transcendent glory and blessedness never to cease. Since we consider and look not to these things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are visible are temporal, brief and fleeting, but the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Would you turn to someone and give them a great big smile? And would you say to the person on your right, you've got to say this to the first person, all Jesus wants to do is just kill you. And then turn to another person and tell them that all he wants to do is just kill you. And they're at home, you've got to, t- you've got to tell somebody, all he- it's just simple, real simple, all he wants to do is kill you. And then revival take place. Hallelujah. So all you dead people, y'all can go and have a good, good day. And and, uh, as you're feasting at the table, talk about fasting this week. Because, you know, the best time to ever talk about fasting is when you're full. Because you'll you'll just feel like I can whip the world. Hallelujah. We bless them, Father, in Jesus' name and give all blessings to them. And we thank you for it. We'll see many of you tonight at 6 p.m. for prayer. Amen.